If you enjoy the show, share it with a friend. You can find us at facebook.com slash show, and you can visit our new home on the web at www.tracktune.com slash slipangle. You can also leave us reviews and ratings in the iTunes store. I'm Austin Cabot, and today I'm in Ventura, California, with the editor of Speed News Magazine and also owner of TrackHQ.com, Mr. Brett Becker. How's it going, Brett? Um, never better. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to uh, stun you with that intro. <clears throat> it was uh, very impressive. Who is this guy? Yeah, who is it? Man, that guy sounds awesome. So I, <laughs> that happens to me sometimes, man. Like I was on a podcast recently um, called Cars Yeah. And it's the guy that used to own Griot's Garage, or used to run marketing for Griot's Garage. Hmm, And while we were doing the recording, like, he asked me for a bio, and so I sent it to him. And at the beginning, he, like, started talking about everything that I was doing. I was like, man, that really is a lot. Who is that guy? (laughs) So thanks so much for coming on the show and making some time for me today. Thanks for coming up. So, of course, it's... uh, out here in Ventura, it's really nice. It's nice weather. Uh, it's a little bit further from L.A. proper than I thought it was going to be. I think it was like a 100-mile drive today, but uh, it's a lot quieter out here than it is in L.A., so I can definitely see why you you choose to reside here. Yeah. We like it that way. It's quiet until we fire the race car up. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you're, you're that guy in the neighborhood. I'm that guy in the neighborhood, yeah. I think most of the people that listen to the show are that guy in the neighborhood. Well, we're in good company then. <laughs> so, but... Yeah, I wanted to uh, to talk a little bit with you about uh, about Speed News Magazine, which, uh, you know, for for those of you that don't know, it's NASA's official magazine, uh, and it actually has a lot a lot of great content in it, uh, especially the stuff that I've gotten to write before. Now I'm just kidding. There There's a lot of really good tech good articles story. and everything. So, um, but really, I mean, what's what's your history with Speed News and kind of where Speed News came from? Uh, it is actually a. An, an amusing story. They NASA had started the magazine back in January of 2012. I had been uh, running in NASA's HPDE program up until 2012, and then I got 2012. I, I got my racing license. So, you know, the same year I started racing with NASA, uh, although I'd been with them, you know, running with them for a long time. They started the magazine, and they had uh, a couple of editors that were there ahead of me, um, and then. It worked out that one of my duties as the series leader for Spec Miata in Southern California is that I have to write race reports. And when I submitted the race reports, you know, they were noticeably, you know, unfortunately I have to say, tell the story <laughs> this way, but they were noticeably better than the race reports that everybody else was submitting. Well, you know, I've been writing for 20 years and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a journalist. So, right. so then when those two editors didn't quite work out, they sort of said, well, you know, what about Brett? He's right here. <laughs> and so, and so I, I, you know, took over as managing editor and they sort of gave me a trial run through a couple of issues. And then they brought me on as, uh, as the editor of speed news. And that was in, I think the fall of 2013 when I, uh, started as the editor okay. of the magazine. And, uh, I've been at it ever since just, you know, pounding away on a keyboard or, or, shooting like crazy from behind a camera at, you know, one or another track around the country. Yeah. Yeah. For, uh, for those of you listening, if you flip through, uh, through speed news, 
most of the content is written by Brett. Uh, a lot of the tech articles and everything. So, uh, you know, he, he's definitely a, a very valuable resource to the magazine uh, because he is essentially most of the magazine. Um, but he also drives, too. So it's a little a little bit uh, more unique than some of the other magazines out there. It has a, a lot more direct line. And pretty much everything that is in it uh, pertains to the sport that we enjoy. So there's a, a lot going on. Um, it's also free for those of you that don't know. So check it out. Uh, what's, the, what's the website, Brett? Well, you can go to nasaproracing.com. Okay. And then there's a link down at the bottom of the page to click, and that'll bring up all the issues right. uh, of Speed News. And then you give, you know, then there's an, uh, an archived site called nasaspeednews.com. Okay. And you can find all the content there. Uh, if you prefer it in magazine form, go to nasaproracing.com and then find the link, and that'll take you to all the issues. Okay. Yeah, and we were talking earlier, too, you can also get it in print um, as well, essentially print on demand. It's not the, uh, it's not the cheapest, um, or sorry, the least expensive way to print it, but it's also a very, very high quality, too. So a lot higher quality than pretty much any magazine I've seen. It's more like a book than it is uh, an actual magazine. So Yeah, the paper stock is, is of high quality, and not just for the cover, but all the pages in between. Uh, the only thing we haven't figured out is how to make the videos work in the printed <laughs> product. But uh, You can send like a little flash drive with each one. Yeah, and that's available through uh, magcloud.com. Okay. It's M-A-G cloud.com and if you go in there and just type in speed news it pops up right and it's easy to find okay now i know you said that you had been driving with nasa for a long time um you know doing hbde stuff when when did you get your start driving uh november of 2007 okay i bought um i started you know driving on track with nasa for the two years before that uh i had I sold a motorcycle, and then I used that money, and I bought a Miata, and then I was autocrossing it when I lived when I was going to grad school. When I lived in Orlando with uh, the Martin Sports Car Club, okay, and one of the guys I raced with was or autocrossed with was uh, David Wallens at Grassroots oh, yeah. Motorsports. Yeah, you know we used to run into him there, and I run into him around the country a little bit every now and then too. But so I did that, and then I. I only I did that because uh, I didn't have a roll bar, so yeah, I could autocross without a roll bar. And then I we moved back out to California, and I uh, I put a roll bar in the car, and I went out for my first event in November of '07, which uh, was fun. It was in the rain, and I only I signed up for one day, and I got there on a Saturday, and it was pouring, and I was all freaked out about that. But I had you know tires with decent tread on it. And Where I kept was that it on at? track? It was a button willow. Okay, and I kept it on track all day long. But <laughs> success, I, uh, success. Yes, I called my wife uh, after like my second or third session, and I said, "I'm never not doing this." <laughs> I, you know, the bug bit very, very hard that day. Yeah. So it's it's awesome that you kind of worked your way up through the ranks and are now you know you obviously you got your comp license in 2012. Mm -hmm. um, did was most of your HPD experience through NASA? Uh, I did a little bit with this with the Porsche Club too, or okay. uh, Porsche Owners Club. Okay, they had a they had a pretty decent drivers program out there, and I did some schools with them, and I I did uh, competition school with NASA, and then I also did another competition school with the Alpha Club. Okay, uh, Alpha Romeo Owners of Southern California. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's um it's one of those things out here. There is a lot more clubs, it seems like, than there are in other parts of the country. Um, it's, uh, it's kind of unique. I guess it's just, there's a lot more people that are into that type of stuff out here. So it's, um, you know, in Georgia, there really aren't a whole lot of options, uh, at least for, you know, makes that actually run clubs too, but it's, um, 
Yeah, it's one of those things out here. It's just so unique. And I was actually talking to uh, Anthony Magnoli, uh, who was on the show uh, a few weeks ago. I think he got his start autocrossing with like an MG club in New York. So it's kind of, yeah, kind of funny. But so what uh, most of your track experience is here in in Southern California or? Yeah, I didn't start racing until we moved back out to California the second time. And so I've been to as many tracks as I can get to here. All the ones that you're, you know, I used to read about in Cycle World magazine yeah. when I was riding motorcycles, but Willow, <laughs> Willow Springs and Button Willow and Auto Club Speedway. And, you know, my favorite is uh, Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca. That's right. a lot of fun. That's a, like, you know, if, if it was one track I could drive on for the rest of my life, it'd be that one. It would be that one. And it would probably take me a lifetime to master it, too. <laughs> I haven't been up to Thunder Hill or Sonoma yet. Okay. Um, <clears throat> one of the nice things about my job with Speed News is that. I get to go to tracks around the country, and occasionally my rental car might see <laughs> duty on some of those tracks. Not that I would ever do that, at least not admit to it. So I did get to drive Barber for a little bit, and I got to drive on Road Atlanta. Yeah. And um, that's all that I can think of off the top of my head right now. I think there's okay. another one. but Speaking of rental cars and Barber, I did that back in 2012 in a <laughs> V6 Mustang. Ended up returning it, and they're like, how was everything? I was like, oh, pretty good. The brakes feel a little weird, though. They might be a little warped. They're yeah. like, oh, we're sorry. And they actually gave me like some free rental credits for it. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. But I mean, pretty much for, for Speed News, you are traveling a decent amount, going to a lot of the, the larger events and things like that, especially East and West Coast Nationals, I believe. Yeah, um, we do both. I do both of those every year. Mm-hmm. I try to get out to different regions of the country uh, independent of the championships. I'm going to be going out to the Rocky Mountain region here. Oh, with uh, with Dave. Blingham. Yeah, with Dave Blingham. Yeah. In the coming months, um, I haven't picked the weekend yet, but I'm I'm almost zeroed in on it. And then uh, Texas, probably. I hope later. Okay, in with the Will. Year. Yeah. Okay. Because last year I went, or in the previous two years, I had gone to other regions, and the only ones that I haven't been to yet are, in particular, are Rocky Mountain and Texas. But um, I haven't been to New Orleans yet, but they only race at the one track there, at, yeah. at, at NOLA Motorsports Park. Whereas, you know, I'd been to the Mid-Atlantic and some of the other, or Northeast and Southeast, I've been to their events a couple of times at Road Atlanta. It's a great bunch of guys down there. Yeah. So it's neat to get out and, you know, see the cars that <laughs> are in the magazine. I get to meet the guys that race them out there. It's sort of like, you know, NASA celebrity sightings for me. <laughs> yeah, right. You're yeah. like, hey, you were on page such and such and issue such and such. I know that car. Well, these are fast guys. Yeah. You know, if they're coming, you know, if I'm hearing about them in race reports... You know, they're they're fast guys, podium finishers. So it's really, you know, kind of an honor to meet these guys. Yeah. So when, when you meet them, are they surprised that you've come out to the events? Some are, some aren't. Yeah. You know, um, they're like, hey, yeah. You know, they sort of get it when I get there and introduce myself. But, um, you know, like I said, some are and some aren't. But yeah, <laughs> it's always a fun experience to get out there and see them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. Each region to me has, for the most part, I mean, they all have a, the same feel to them, but each region is a little unique. And, you know, some regions might have a class that's a little larger than others. And, um, you know, like the Chicken Shack article that uh, that was just published uh, with the, the 944 spec guys. Yeah. I mean, that's really, that class is, is quite large. I think at this most recent event, they had maybe 10 or 12 um, cars in class, I think. So it's a decent, decent sized field. Yeah, we just got the story in from... From Road Atlanta after you did that. I think it was between 10 and 12. I don't remember exactly yeah. what it is. But it depends. A lot of it, yeah, I mean, the framework is the same. The NASA framework is the same, the way they run their events and, and the way things are, are done. And then, you know, each region has its different personalities, and a lot of it has to do with um, 
the types of cars that are there. You know, for example, spec E30 is big in the southeast, and yeah. it's big in northern Cal, and it's big in southern Cal. And it's not so big in the Great Lakes region, and I couldn't really understand why that was. And I think it's somebody told me it's because a lot of them rusted out. So yeah. they're just not... <laughs> You know, they're just not prevalent. But you go to the Great Lakes and Camaro Mustang Challenge is big. Yeah. And, you know, American Iron is big. You know, it's right around Detroit and the car manufacturing center of the United States. So those classes are bigger down there. So it's, yeah, each region has a little different color to it. Yeah. And it's neat to see. My favorite thing, uh, when I was, when I first started, I started in, in Texas and watching some of like the CMC races um, and, and AIX races at, at Texas World Speedway, they'd go into like turn one, like three and four wide it was just, it was insane to watch and it was awesome to hear. And, you know, it was, it was one of those things that stuck in my mind because it's one of my first, you know, HPD weekends ever, you know, that was going on. So I was like, man, those things are awesome. And in Texas, you know, that's, that's all horsepower all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that. I was just watching some Camaro Mustang Challenge videos. Oh, yeah. Because we're doing uh, one of the, one of the regular features that we do in the magazine is called Class Syllabus. And it's basically, done in an infographic style so that you don't have to, you know, commit to, you know, half an hour to read it. And it's basically just done in, in nuggets. But it's it's designed to give you a good look at a class to decide whether that's, you know, the, the type of racing you, you'd be interested in. And, you know, when I looked at the, the races from Texas, the fields were really big. And, yeah. I, you know, when I mentioned the, you know, the, the different fields around the country, I forgot to mention that, yeah, Camaro Mustang Challenge is pretty big in Texas, yeah. too. And, and those guys <laughs> go after it, so... Yeah, yeah, and they're quick, and they love to party together, and you know it's just, and that's that's kind of the the thing overall that I've been really impressed with participating in a lot of different NASA events is that there's a large social aspect to it, you know, especially with you know most of the regions have you know dinner and awards on Saturday nights, and you know everyone kind of gets together and hangs out and just a good time. So, yeah, the 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 um, I, I, you know the mantra is we were having a barbecue and a race broke out. Yeah, um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know that's. I mean, if you can't be friends with the people you race with, I mean, you'll have less, you won't, it won't be as much fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're going to race with people you don't like, I mean, <laughs> that's not going to be much fun. So, you know, the social aspect is, is very high, uh, on some of the, on, on, on our list of what we like about racing. Yeah. So now I know you yourself, um, you run a spec Miata now, right? Yeah, I've been okay. in Spec Miata since, ever since I got my competition license. Okay. Yeah. Now, was that the same car that you started autocrossing in back in the day? Have you built it into a Spec Miata, or is it a different car? Uh, yes and no. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Parts and pieces of it? Well, that's the no. I, I, I bought a 95 Miata and started autocrossing it, and then I had a, um, a fairly sizable crash in my rookie season, like three, four events into my rookie season, and I had to write the car off. Okay. So... I bought another one that looked just like it. In fact, the name of my new car is Casper because it's basically a ghost <laughs> of the of the one I had before. It's a very it's, fitting name. Yeah, it's this. It's and I actually have a sticker on the window. It's a little sticker of Casper, the friendly ghost. But it's it was the same car, just a white '95 Miata with black interior. It was essentially, I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell them apart. And so there's some parts that are the same that, okay. that I got off the car from other body damages that I had and things like that. But I, the reason I did that is because there was a whole lot of spares on the other car that I could have. Right. I mean, if I had had it to do over again, I probably would have bought a later one, a 99 or, you know, a later, yeah. an NA uh, or, or excuse me, NB, an NB yeah. or an NB two with a variable valve, valve timing motor in it. Um, but I had a lot, you know, by, by buying another 95, I had a lot of other spares 
and but I, that I've had to use, yeah. <laughs> that I've had to use since then. So I guess you know financially or or you know for convenience sake, it was a pretty good move to get another car just like it. Yeah. Now that second car, did you build that from a street car as well? Yeah, yeah. They were okay. both they were both um, street cars. I did. Um, I had Blackbird Fabworks down here in. Uh, yeah, Modi. Modi's been on the show. Yeah, I, is he, he's in Northridge, but I think he's in Chatsworth now. Um, but he did the cage, and then I brought it up here, and I and I did the rest of the work myself. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, it's one of those things that, um, you know, I've, I toyed around with building a spec Miata or a PTE car for a long time, and I still want to eventually, Mm -hmm. and had a car that, you know, later became a donor for a different project. But, um, you know, especially out here, it seems like Miatas and a bunch of different classes are very popular cars. Well, they're very popular cars all around the country, but you see a lot of very, very fast and well-built Miatas coming out of Southern California. They're they're nice if you can get a car that's native to the area. They're nice because yeah. they're rust free. Yeah, and and you know that's a big plus. Um, I, I I do enjoy the actual building of the car and and you know planning it out and you know making it my way instead of taking so, a car that somebody else has built and have to try and fix all the things mm-hmm. that, that they did that I you know they're not wrong but if they did them <laughs> a certain way and I don't like you it want then, them a certain, then I got to yeah. fix them yeah. a certain way so you know and I'm toying with the idea of building another one it may not necessarily be a spec Miata but it will be another Miata okay yeah uh like a NB this time it'll be an NB yeah, yeah. okay yeah. <laughs> So now for for speed news, where do you get most of the ideas for the stories and the tech articles and things from? Everywhere, yeah. Uh, we do, and you know, a lot of it is is you know just the convenience of me being involved with the sport, where uh, you know one thing sort of feeds the other. While I'm out racing, I'm coming up with story ideas, or while I'm wrenching in my car, I come up with a story idea. Right. And then we also get them from writers that we use. Like you know, some people pitch me on story ideas that work, yourself mm-hmm. included, for that chicken check. Uh, that came f- to me from one of the members. Right. And I was like, oh, perfect. Uh, so some of them come in from members, and I'm grateful for that. And, and some of them I come up with. Some of our some of them our writers submit. Okay. And then there's also a conference that we go to every year called the, what is it called? The Motorsports Parts Manufacturers Council. And that's where we meet with uh, people in the aftermarket industry, AEM, Toyo Tires, uh, uh, good Lord. It's um, it's escaping me. <laughs> uh, the Hellwig for towing products. The, okay. Uh, you know, clutch companies. You know, radio companies. All, all is that the one that's kind of, in January? Yeah, it is in January, okay. and it's always in Santa Ana. Yeah, Lawson uh, from AEM actually had invited me to, it, and I just couldn't make it. Yeah, my yeah. Schedule. Well, we yeah. met with Lawson again this year, and we just did a tech story with one of you know. Lawson's yeah, with the gauges. Yeah, yeah. So we, so we, um, you know, we get our ideas that way as well. So they could come from anywhere. Um, the funny thing is that this is, you know, I've been looking for uh, a magazine job like this because I am the reader. And yeah. so it makes it a lot easier for me to come up with story ideas where before, you know, I worked for a boat magazine, but I didn't have a boat. So, yeah. I, you know, so I'd have to kind of imagine what people would be interested in. And, you know, we had a pretty good you know finger on the pulse of the reader. But then the, the magazine I worked at before that was a women's golf magazine. And I had, no, I had no idea. You seem like a women golfer to me, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So imagine how lost I was trying to figure out what, what those <laughs> yeah. readers were after. So you know, it's just a, it's a you know it's a product of being, you know, in, you know, immersed in it all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of one of those things. It, it kind of sucks you in a little bit too. That's what I'm finding with you know with the podcast and the website that we run and everything. It just 
once you are around it all the time, it just kind of becomes second nature. And you start, you start thinking of things from a content standpoint, you know, like, I don't know if it's happened to you yet, but I'm like, yeah, I, maybe I should buy those camber plates because you know, that'd make a good, good article on the website, you know? <laughs> well, those, those purchases are tax deductible yes, if, yes. You, you know, if, you, if you use them for a business purpose. And there is, you know, there's, there, I do use that every now and then. Yeah. You know, uh, so. Yeah, the uh, the 50,000 miles that I drive every year, too, are starting to become tax deductible as well. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, 55 cents a piece, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's not yeah. too bad. Not too bad. But that would mean that I have to have money to be able to write it off against. So <laughs> Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, it's not cash. Yeah. It's, it's, it is a deduction. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about kind of where you are thinking speed news is going. I mean, everything seems to be going well. You guys really seem to be putting out a, a lot of really, really good content. I think a lot of it too is, is because you are the reader essentially, you know, you, you seem to be very honed in on, you know, on what the readership wants. Um, any big things that are, are coming up or that you, you plan on changing anytime soon? Well, the, the biggest changes that we've made, uh, have already come or the biggest, you know, biggest changes that I've had in store have already come in terms of, uh, some of the content we provide. We, we were working with, uh, the Ford racing school to get driving tips. Um, we're not working with them anymore. We're working with a, a guy who actually has done some instruction for the Ford racing school. His name is Josh Allen. And every month he does a driving tip. Right. Um, you know, we've added things like car corner, whereas we'll take some of the cars that we drive at, uh, some of the press events, in fact, we take all the cars that we drive at the press events because we don't drive uninteresting cars. Right. And we'll put them into the magazine in a, in a spot called Car Corner where it's basically, you know, cars that you can drive on track and still drive around every day. Because we all have three-quarter ton trucks that we pull our trailer <laughs> and race car to the track with, but I've got one on the back and I don't want to drive it every day. So I have a, you know, we all need a, a get-around car. Yeah. So, and then there's the feature that I talked about earlier called Class Syllabus and... um you know, we we're trying to involve more video in it all the time. We're, uh, the, uh, I, th I feel like this year we've got it ticking on all cylinders. Um, we've got a, a, a great variety of content from, for, for example, take the issue that you wrote uh, for us. And we've got, you know, very interesting human interest story and right. very entertaining and, and well-written too, I might add. <laughs> and then we've, you know, but we've also got the tech and we've also got the, the, uh, you know, getting in the driver's head. We got some great columnists that, that, that do some of the psychological part of that. And I find that fascinating yeah. because it's been a, um, one of the more interesting challenges with getting involved in, in driving on track and then racing is, is some of the psychological parts of it. So we address that too. And so I think we've just, we've got the spectrum of the industry covered and I'm going to continue to do that. Um, you know, obviously new, new ideas come to me all the time and, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, and new ideas come to like Jeremy Crissette was the guy that came up. Uh, Jeremy Crissette is the director of uh, business development for NASA. He's the one that came up with the class syllabus. Okay. Um, you know, we need to, you know, sort of introduce classes to people so they understand what it's all about. And then I clicked off and said, yes, let's do it as a, an infographic style. So, you know, there's some collaboration that, that goes on behind the scenes that, that brings new ideas to light and, and actually make their appearance in the magazine. But for this year, you know, all the changes are kind of done. We'll see what happens for next year because we do all of our editorial planning in December of the year prior, right? You know, leaving a few holes for stuff that comes up throughout the year. For example, your chicken shack, you know, piece. We had enough pages left over that we could fit that in there, and I'm glad we could because right. it was, you know, it was a really nice piece. 
Yeah. Yeah, that the the whole issue this month, um, there's a lot of, of 944 spec uh, throughout the whole thing. So it's, uh, that was a really good fit to me. That, that was sort of an accident, but not yeah. really sort of an accident. <laughs> we, had the, you know, we, had the, we had the 944 spec was the class syllabus, and then we had your story on 944 spec, and the member spotlight at the back was yeah. a 944 spec driver. So there was a lot of 944 spec love. And I, I was really entertained by that, too, because I had those cars all wrong. Yeah. You know, and one of, the, one of the quotes that you brought from one of the guys... Uh, Maybe it wasn't one of the it was one of the quotes that was in the story. I don't remember whether you talked to him or I talked to him, but it was basically, you know, I was really afraid of a thirty year old German car. Yeah. <laughs> but it turns out they're really robust. And, yeah. And they're you know, they're Yeah, really... there's a few like key things that you have to like make sure and check. But after that, I mean it seemed I, I learned a lot writing that story because, you know, I'd kind of written the cars off a little bit, be like, ah, you know, thirty year old Porsche, like that sounds expensive, <laughs> you know, like it sounds it expensive, does. things are going to break, but, but I, I learned a lot. So, and all the pieces and all the little things that they mentioned that you had to take care of, they were not hard to get to and mm-hmm. they were not a big pain in the neck and they were not, you know, extraordinarily expensive. Yeah. And I, I had it all wrong. I would have thought the other way. For example, one of the guys said the front control arms are not, are the same as a Volkswagen golf <laughs> of what year. I don't remember, but they're 30 bucks new. Yeah. Well, that's really affordable. Yeah. Well, I mean, the cars have been around for so long that, you know, everybody kind of knows the ins and outs of them now. It's kind of one of those, to me, it's kind of a hidden gem. And, you know, in the racing community, because the cars are very inexpensive to buy and build and run. And so that was that was fascinating to me. While I was talking with one of the guys uh, for the class syllabus feature, I was on Craigslist. I just, you know, went on Craigslist, well... Probably the second time that day. I go yeah. on Craigslist every day looking for cars. <laughs> but I just typed in 944, and there was 15 of them yeah. right here within, within you know, 20 miles of my house. And yeah. none of them were over five grand. And most of them were, you know, 1,500, two grand, three grand, you know, perfect donor car territory. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and the way some of the other classes are going, like, I know with Spec Miata and stuff now, to, to be very competitive, not only do you have to be able to drive very well, but you also have to be able to, you know it seems like spend a decent amount of money on a, you know, on the best of the best for the spec Miata class, you know, as far as motors and blueprinted hubs and blueprinted brake calipers and stuff like that go, it doesn't seem like they do that as much in, in that class. So not yet though, maybe they, maybe they will in the future as it gains popularity, but that, that is possible. I mean, that's this, you know, the spec class creep yeah. that happens and, and, you know, spec Miata is so very well developed and then, uh, that, you know, Everything that's going to happen to that class has kind of almost happened, or the the escalation is. I don't. I won't say peaked because you never know. Yeah, they, they come up with something. <laughs> you know, motors end up making poor power and all this yeah. kind of stuff. But um, you know, it depends on on your region and it depends on where you are. But you know, Spec Miata for me, you know, for my money is still the best bang for the buck. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what originally my, drew you to Spec Miata? I know you had you know a Miata to begin with. Is that kind of what what drove it? The fact that you already had the car, or did you kind of have an interest in the series? Um, you know, when you when you got started. Well, I, I as I mentioned earlier, I I had a motorcycle and I sold it, and I was like, I was looking into something that I was going to autocross and then build into a race car. It, I wasn't in a hurry because I really couldn't be in a hurry, but I was looking around and I looked at all kinds of different stuff. I looked at first gen RX sevens, second gen RX sevens. I looked at a you know a Mazda Protege. And I didn't really want front drive. And then I started looking into this 
Mazda Speed program where they, you know, you could actually buy the parts in the factory. You could buy them at a discount, and they were, you know, very helpful. Yeah. And then I started looking at it. I was like, okay, well, let's check out Miatas. And then I was, I don't, I don't want to get into a, you know, 15-year-old Japanese car. I don't, <laughs> I don't know anything about Japanese cars. And, but it turns out that they were a lot more robust than I ever thought they would be. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only, you know, they're just, they're, they're reliable. They're bulletproof. The motors last a long time. The, <laughs> one of the things that blows me away about the, the, the blocks and those things is that you can take them apart after a hundred thousand miles and they have no bore taper <laughs> and they have no ring ridge on the top of it. Yeah. That's, that's insane. And yeah. I've never even heard that. So <laughs> I started looking more and more Miatas and I'm like, okay, well this seems affordable. And so I, I, I jumped in. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I, I always liked about my Miata, uh, you know, I actually, I had a 94 that I threw the keys to a lot of people and actually like, like Jason Kohler had never driven a Miata before. And so we were driving S 2000s and I had, you know, my Miata I was like, here, Jason, we were at mid Ohio, go drive it. And, you know, as you know, now he races Miatas. Um, and same thing, you know, a couple other people that K Miata came from that too. David Calzada that runs K Miata was, uh, was driving an Integra at the time. It's like, Hey man, go drive the Miata. And he loved it and fell in love, but wanted a little bit more power. So it, it's one of those things. Mine, I love the fact that it had a, a built-in, um, add oil indicator though, at least the, you know, the earlier ones, uh, with the lifters, they'd start, you know, tapping a little bit, be like, Oh, <laughs> time to add some oil. So it was, it was great, <laughs> but they are very robust. Like that thing, we were at an event in mid Ohio once, and I think pretty much it ran almost the whole day. I think it got every two hours, it got a 20 minute break. And it was just getting run, run after run. There were like six of us driving it one day. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, and it just it kept going, man. So it was it was one of those things. I just have a, a huge love for the Miata, but there's there's a lot of other good you know vehicles out there too, which I think Speed News is is doing a decent job of educating, or not decent job, a really good job educating you know everybody else out there. You know, because everyone knows, oh, the Miata, there's a bunch of, you know, Miatas that people race. But there's also a bunch of other cars that people race that people may not realize unless they actually see them at the event. Or you might even see it at the event and kind of, like, not think about it very much. You know, it'll be like, oh, that's cool. That guy's racing that and not think about it again. So Well, you have to – that goes back to the comments we we were we had before we started the podcast. It's like you really have to hit people over the head with yeah. something before <laughs> yeah. they get it. Because we, we had done – we just did, a, I think, the first – class syllabus story that we did this year was on spec iron mm-hmm. and i started looking into that and it's the only uh spec class in nasa that has a v8 which was interesting so right. it's, you know when i got done with that i was like man i like to get a spec iron <laughs> yeah. and then i finished with the 944s I'm like man it'd be nice to have one of those too yeah <laughs> and then we're doing camaro mustang challenge this month and i'm starting to go well those cars are pretty pretty inexpensive nice to have an f body man yeah <laughs> so so, you know, I'm, I guess I'm selling myself on it. Yeah. So. Which is good because you are, you know, you're writing the stories for yourself. So if you can sell yourself on it, then you're going to sell other people on it too. Well, you start, you know, it's funny that you, you start, you know, where you wonder why, how these classes came to be. And then you start reading the rules and you start looking at them and you start looking at what it takes to build them and, you know, the price of donors and things like that. You know, okay, this makes sense. Yeah. This is cool. Now I can see why people do this. Yeah. Now I can especially see why. People do it in the you know in in the Great Lakes region because it's it's Detroit iron. <laughs> yeah, it's um it's one of those things. When I was there, I mean, there's there's a, a wide range, you know, because I, I ran in Great Lakes for a little while with with Jay Andrew when I lived in Chicago, um, and it was you know there was there's a lot of different vehicles up there, um, of all you know makes and models. All the classes have 
you know, pretty decent sized classes. Um, but you know, like you said, being there in Detroit, uh, especially like when you go to mid Ohio, there's always tons of Corvettes, always tons of Corvettes. Or when you go to road America, always tons of Corvettes. So yeah, fancy that, right? Yeah. Road America and Corvettes. That doesn't make any sense. So, um, but tell us a little bit about, um, about track HQ. You know, there's some listeners that probably know what it is. Um, but you want to kind of fill us in a little bit? I know I'm a, I'm a member on there. Well, everybody who's anybody's a member. <laughs> uh, so another, we, another really good resource. We, we like, you know, it's the forum for track day enthusiasts, racers, and time attack drivers. And, yeah. and I, you know, it was started by a guy named Manly Cow back in two, I think 2007. And then I uh, bought it from him in t- end of 2009, first, thing, first bit of 2010. And it's basically, you know, it's a forum, a V-Bulletin forum site. Right. And it's, uh, I like to say that it's a very uh, calm and supportive forum site as opposed to some of the, some of the, uh, <laughs> the one specific to a certain model of Some of the ones of filled with vitriol <laughs> all the time. And, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because I, you know, when I was, didn't know as much as I know now about, you know, track, you know, you would just, you could come on there with a question and post it and people would, you know, you would have an answer within minutes. Yeah. And, and a good answer, and yeah. then and five good answers with diff, you know slightly different takes on on a, on, a, on a similar theme, and so it's basically a gathering place for people who like to do what we do, you know, run HPDE, run Time Attack, and race cars. Uh, I you know I go there, I'm there every day. Yeah, and it's you know I, I a friend of mine introduced me to it back in '08 or something like that, and. I didn't really give him much thought, and then here a couple of years later, I ended up owning the thing. So. <laughs> yeah, it's been. It seems like it's been really good for the community out here too. So you know, it seems like there's a lot of people that you know run together at the track, but then also converse. You know, almost every day on Track yeah. HQ. Yeah, via via Track HQ. Yeah. And one of the things that we we get, you know, there's a lot of lot of parts exchanged on Track HQ. The classifieds are free. Yeah, I've toyed with the idea of charging five bucks a piece for them, uh, but. For, you know, for now or for the moment, that they're still free, and we, you know, we move a lot of merchandise on track. Yeah, <laughs> and so you know, you can come up with. Uh, I, I've gotten bargains on tires there. I've gotten bargains on AIM data systems, and, mm-hmm. and just well, that one I kind of cheated because I was aware of it before anybody else. <laughs> and and then, but you know, there's a lot of you know knowledge and, and parts you know shared on there uh, with like-minded people. So it's. You know, it's a gathering place for, you know, track junkies. Yeah. 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 And there's, you know, I, I know that there's a lot of, you know, build threads and stuff on there or class threads and stuff like that. So it's just a really good resource for people, you know, not only running NASA, but just, you know, tracking in general from HPDE to, you know, different series. So it's um, it's a place that I like to hang out. <laughs> there was a guy, there was a guy in Texas. I can't remember his name and I can't remember his uh, his screen name, but he was building this NC Miata. Um and it was just, I mean, he was posting pictures of it. It was the most beautiful race car build of that kind of car you'd ever seen. I mean, yeah. everything was just just <laughs> so well taken care of and so buttoned down. And, and you know, the materials and the, the build quality, you know, the materials were so well researched and sourced. And the build quality was just phenomenal. I mean, it was just so great to see it. It's, you know, it's still on there. Yeah. But, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I never get tired of looking at. Yeah. Yeah, yeah me neither. It's... um yeah, it's one of those things that it's kind of people almost let you into their lives a little bit with their with their threads. You know, it's kind of it's like a, an insight into, you know, what's going on. 
Here, yeah, here's here's how I chose to to do these things. I you know I always like watching how people choose to build race cars because well number one you pick up good ideas and you can learn to avoid bad ideas in, in many cases. <laughs> but just and and I like looking at um, pro built cars, you know cars that are professionally built through yeah. factories around here. Mazda, we was just we were just down at um, Mazda's basement the other day looking at all their heritage cars and seeing all these professionally built race cars. And so just the 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 way they do things, you know, getting ideas of, of for building a car that's just so buttoned down and so tight and so purpose built. And it was just, it, it's just, it just never gets old. Yeah. So now I know you said earlier in the show that you were the regional director for Spec Miata. Was that? No, the, re- oh. the regional director is regional. Ryan, of no, okay. NASA SoCal's Ryan Flaherty. I'm okay. the series leader for, okay. for Spec Miata. And, Base in the Southern California region, so that okay. makes me the, the the head cheerleader. You know, I <laughs> I rally the guys. I've got a list of racers, and I make them aware of. Uh, you know, I sort of rally the troops to get them to come to the NASA races, and I don't know if they need some help with sourcing parts or whatever like that. I'm always trying to facilitate that. Um, you know, reaching out to them, uh, you know, thanking them for coming, just basically being a liaison between NASA SoCal and. and you know, and the litany of Spec Miata racers <laughs> in, in this area. Yeah. yeah. Now, how many, I know, you know, Mazda has kind of the, well, actually NASA has the the teen, what is it, where the younger kids get to drive the um, the Spec Miatas. Um, what's that program called? It's called the Teen Mazda Challenge. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, it was, they were racing with NASA. I'm not sure if they are this year they're, okay. or they're racing some of the races with us. I'm not, I'm not quite sure how all that works, but yeah. Okay. That's uh, somewhat of an independent program, and it, it functions of itself. We just we were giving them a place to race, right. but uh, and Moz is behind that program because it gives the you know the champion of that series, and it is you know they the teens do race with regular old guys like me, but <laughs> you know their wins are their wins, and, and their champion is their champion. Okay, um, and that gives the champion of that series a chance to participate in, in the, the uh, shootout, right? Moz's Road to the Twenty Four Shootout, which right. is uh, held every December. Um, actually, it was held every December in Button Willow, but last year they, they had it out in Carolina. Yeah, Carolina here. Motorsports Park. Yeah. yeah. And so it gives them a chance to take part in that and gives them a chance to get a scholarship to go pro in the MX-5, uh, MX-5 Cup. Yeah. So, I mean, what's not like about that? <laughs> yeah. Especially the new the new Glow MX-5 Cup. I mean, um, you know, it seems to be pretty interesting with the new cars. Uh, I don't know if anyone's built one for like a NASA PT car yet. Um, but any of the new NDs, I know Emilio has his, but it's obviously not a, a full race car. Um, but those cars seem, seem pretty interesting to me. Have you got to spend much time in any of the new NDs at all? I, I got to drive one. Oh yeah. <laughs> I got to drive a street car at the motor press guild track days event. Okay. Um, they had a, usually that's a track event. But they do have a, a, a stable of cars there that's, you know, you just take them out in the street and they have a little route that you drive around. So I drove a street mo- model there. But then I think it was last September, Mazda had uh, a group of journalists out. All their journalists had to have a competition license and they drove. Oh, when you got to drive the all first four. generation, second generation, yeah. third generation, and we got to drive the new ND. Yeah. And the it, it, it that was one of the. Best days of my professional life, <laughs> especially being a Miata guy too. Yeah, right? for for a number, of, yeah, for a number of reasons. One, just to being able to see the the Miata DNA carry through four generations of the car, and 
you know the one and the ND kind of brings it back full circle to the to the first NA. You know they're just you know they're small and light and lively. Uh, you know the other thing I really liked about it is the NA and the NB were belonged to the two of the guys I raced with. The oh, NA really? belongs to Jeremy Barnes, who's uh, director of media relations and brand experience for Mazda, and the NB belongs to Ken Sayward, who's one of the designers. Okay, and so I got to drive their cars. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, all right, so. You know, when 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 those guys go past me, I know it's not the car now. Yeah. <laughs> I know they're not cheating because I drove their cars. No and, more racers' excuses. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't have those anymore. So, yeah. Yeah. But that was that was that was a lot of fun that day, and the car, you know, the gearbox in it was just a pleasure to to operate. You know, it was yeah. just great, great fun. And power steering took a little getting used to because I'm used to kind of muscling the car <laughs> around. I'm like, wow, this car is twitchy. No, it's me. I'm putting too much effort into the wheel and you just loosen up to about a, you know, a, a figure of three in terms of a grip one to 10, you loosen up to about a three and then you, it, it, it goes like it should. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, uh, I've wanted to drive a, one of the new cars on track. Uh, hopefully that might be able to happen sometime soon, but, uh, you know, I, I actually went to long road racing where they build all the new global MX five cup cars. Uh, oh, that'd we be a actually, great day. yeah, we had Glenn long on, on the show too. Um, and, um, John Dean who actually won the MX five cup last year. Mm-hmm. So it was great talking to those guys and everything. Uh, but yeah, I think they've, they've really hit a, a good spot with the new ND for sure. Yeah. And I think they, they got a pretty good partner in long road racing. I, I interviewed Tom long a couple of times. Okay. Um, I've never been out there to shop, but I've seen what comes out of it. And, yeah. And it's, they're, you know, that's, there again, goes back to the professionally built race cars. You know, they're really screwed together nicely. The materials are well-researched and it's, you know, it's buttoned down and purpose yeah. built. And, it's and really actually, nice. I was surprised every piece on those new cars, they all have a barcode on them and they can trace it back to the VIN number that, you know, the car was. So if there's any sort of failure or anything, they know exactly what batch it came from, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, you know, they, they definitely are running it like a professional operation. Probably even everything's barcoded even more so than like a regular car is. So it's, it's pretty neat. Yeah, the, it's a far cry from how we build them here, <laughs> how we build them in our garage, and, and thank goodness for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's one thing that I, I've really enjoyed about, you know, being around NASA a lot. There's a lot, there's a big spread, right? So there's a lot of cars that people have built in their garages. I've talked to some guys that don't even have garages, so they built them in like the parking lots that they're, you know, oh where they, yeah, where they, in their apartment complexes. Um, but then there's also professionally built cars too. So it's just kind of a, a wide spread and there's people from all different walks of life. But the one thing that they all have in common uh, is that they all enjoy driving on the track. So it's, um, you know, it's one of those things. It's, it's kind of like the, like rain is the great, the great equalizer for drivers. Mm-hmm. But I feel like going to the track is like the great equalizer just for car guys in general. So everyone's kind of on the same, the same level for the most part. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because we all, we talked earlier about how the social aspect of, of racing is one of the draws. And for, for years, you know, you, you know, you, you make friends in college and then you get out of college and then you make friends with people you work with, but you don't really meet any new people other than, you know, the people at work and then you have kids and then you meet, you know, you meet your kids, friends, parents. Yeah. (laughs) And if they're not into cars, I mean, you run out of things to talk about. And then like you start going to track and you start meeting these really interesting people and they're all into cars and you've always got something (laughs) to talk about. So, yeah. So I, I, I get that being the great equalizer and and I've met more people in in the past couple of years 
you know, racing with NASA than I have in, in, you know, the 10 years before that. Yeah. So, and that's, that's kind of, you know, for me, that's what keeps me going with all of this stuff is just getting to meet people that are all, you know, no matter what walk of life they're from or what class they race, they're very passionate about it. You know, I don't think you go out there just like, yeah, I'm going to give this a try, like yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, everybody that participates is very passionate about whatever class they race in. So that's what I really enjoy, too, and, and seeing that passion and getting to converse with them and kind of learn the in- intricacies of the chassis and, you know, the different classes. So it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's interesting to see that, you know, that passion, you know, uh, sort of brought to life in different forms you know you know some guys race miatas and that's all they'd ever race and some guys race camaros and that's all they ever race but if you put them in the same room together they speak the same language yeah you know it's it's all it's all the love and the 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 joy for driving fast and you know and you know that that bug it bites hard (laughs) yeah real hard (laughs) and and it and it keeps a you know it keeps a very tight grip on you if you know you could turn this into a full-time job if you wanted to yeah racing cars (laughs) yeah I think people do. <laughs> they do. I think they start with a decent amount of money beforehand, but yeah, unless well, they're just you know really really good, there are there are still those opportunities out there. So and increasingly so now too. So, but well, Brett, we really appreciate your time. Well, uh, where can people find out more about you and you know more about you know uh, NASA Speed News and Track HQ and anything else you might have going on? Uh, well, I mean, Track HQ is trackhq.com. That's pretty easy to find. Um, NASA Speed News is uh, nasaspeednews.com, or you can go to nasaproracing.com and, and find a link to all the uh, the individual issues that you know they click and behave like magazines when you when you when you do them. Um, but trackhq.com uh, is one of the things that I put on my car, and I put my car on track right to promote the website. And yeah. Hopefully, people see that. Uh, hopefully, people see it and and get the picture. Um, there's also all, another banner on there too, right? Yeah. We, <laughs> why, thank you. We put it on the windshield. It's a, it's a company my wife and I own. It's called the California Wine Club. Uh, my windshield banner is cawineclub.com. And it's a wine of the month club. Uh, what makes it special is that we uh, deal specifically with small artisan family wineries that don't enjoy nationwide distribution, but uh, we're able to give them, we're able to provide that distribution for them. So, you know, the, the value to a, California Wine Club member is that they get to experience wines that they you just can't find them in the stores where you live in Georgia or New York or or wherever. Uh, and the you know the, th- the benefit that it provides to the wineries that we that we feature is that they get distribution that they would not otherwise get. So it's kind of a win win, and, and uh, we feel pretty good about that. And we uh, I have been able to get a few new members yeah. as a result of motorsports marketing, <laughs> and we all know go. how important that is. Yeah, <laughs> but it's what makes the race car go around and. Uh, and uh, we're having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for asking. Yeah. So uh, I guess we might be able to have a California Wine Club specific uh, champagne to pop at, uh, at some specific races, right? <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> well, the champagne that we have is not champagne because it's not from it's France. Not from, it's, that's right. That's but, right. I learned but, that recently, actually. Yes, but, but, the, but you also wouldn't want to spill it. Yeah. You, you want you to pop it and drink it. Yes. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, where can people uh, get a, you know get in contact with you if they need to? Uh, I'm at, easy to find. It's uh, Speed News Editor at DriveNASA dot com. Okay. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate your time today, and uh, look forward to having you on again in the future. Thanks, Austin. Appreciate right. you having me. Thanks so much, Brett. All right.